Hi guys and thanks for joining me on another episode of Design and Half. In today's episode we're going to talk um, a little bit about design and code as well as um, designers and coders per se as a sort of team, how they work, what the dynamic is like and especially what you could do as a designer or as a developer to improve communication within your own team and, and make it more efficient if you will. Okay then, let's get started with it. Um, in terms of um, in, in terms of uh, discussions around the web, there have been for a good amount of time discussions around the fact that designers should code or should they actually stick to their guns and just do design so uh, design only. And this is, has always been sort of like this this. Uh, this huge debate over over uh, designers being able to code if it's okay or not to be honest from my personal perspective i think being able to code or at least trying to do some basic coding and, and having some understanding of how code logic works is is super super beneficial for any designer f uh, whatever the the seniority level level may be just because it makes it far easier to understand why a specific solution that you proposed as a designer can just not be implemented exactly as you wanted. Uh, and additionally to this, there's another hidden benefit sort of that nobody actually talks about and that hidden benefit is the fact that you'll be able to tell whenever a developer tries to sort of bullshit you into accepting uh, a solution that he feels is better for him just because he doesn't want to work uh, more than you do and to this extent I think um, the, the, the main takeaway here is that designers and developers should, should really work together in the sense that they should come to a common understanding that um, both of them respect each other and each of those uh, and both of them respect each other's time most importantly which means that me as a designer don't want you as a developer to work extra just to implement my stuff but at the same time i as a designer don't want to work extra just because you f you don't feel like um, putting some extra time on your project or or on your end not on your project on your end I, I genuinely think that a lot of the friction derives from these two um, main points, especially because there's this tug of war between designer and developer about who is going to end up being uh, the one who draws the shorter stick. And to be honest, I think none of them actually have to do that. I think it all boils down to how you guys manage to, to respect each other. To communicate that you can't if, if you do this as a designer it it would mean a lot a lot of work for you and if you do this as a developer it would mean a lot a lot of work for you obviously um, there are no perfect solutions and in in some situations i think the best the best solution to get over these types of problems is to actually get to a compromise to a common understanding that okay this time i'll take one for the team as a designer or as a developer and next time it's going to be you who's going to sort of have my back and and this sort of overlapping of um i don't know trading favors if you will uh has always worked wonders for me 
um, whenever I was working with developers and, and I needed their help into implementing something from the design perspective. But at the same time, whenever they, they, they tried to implement something and, and I felt like the solution was suboptimal from a code perspective, I was able to offer a bit of insight on uh, on an on an alternative solution just because um he, here's the here's the main key point that i want you guys as, as designers to take out of this for example you have a special feat that allows you to tap into your imagination to be able to come up with a with a out-of-the-box solution that a developer might not be able to see immediately why uh well Think about the fact that you guys uh, are always trying to to work that creative muscle, find a new way of solving the same old problem, which is basically whatever designer does. Like 90% of the time, we try to find um, alternate solutions for existing problems, just because most of the problems in in today's lives have been sort of solved. So what ends up happening is that um, both we as designers as well as you guys as developers are, are sort of pitched against each other to find the best solution that has been already been found. So that's, that means that we have to find the next best solution or an alternative one. So we're, uh, we as designers have, have, uh, have this special feat that allows us to <laughs> step into our imagination and being able to think outside the box at least for a couple of seconds to see um, if, if we can find something which works better and I think that specific skill is very useful if you combine it with the ability to to uh, write code and not so much from a perspective of actually writing the most perfect code because that will never happen trust me guys it's not going to happen neither for developers nor designers there's always going to be bugs there's always going to be stuff to be fixed it's like don't even think about it the, the the point i'm trying to make is that if you if you know code you, you sort of know the dimensions of the cage that you're working with it, it, just think about this as a as a lion working inside the cage analogy and the lion is trying to get out as long as you know the the size of the cage what it's constructed of and how tough it is you can actually find ways to break out of the cage if you use your your um, skill and your imagination and this is why i'm trying to make this point about you guys as designers um to to learn a little bit of code or at least not necessarily code per se but at least have the fundamentals of of uh, of object oriented um, development because it it sort of helps you um have a more structured uh, thinking pattern um think with a lot more constraints if you will because the the, the one thing that i that i've learned throughout my career ever since i've started design and especially ever since i've stepped into into doing a little bit of development projects myself was uh, that i noticed how hard it is for developers to actually um, find a good solution because oftentimes there's so much working against you there's the time um, there's other people who are who are good, uh, doing your code review, especially if you're a mid or a, or a junior designer. There's stress coming from that side. Um, 
aside from that, there's always the limitations of technology which is being chosen. And this is sort of a contention point that's always going on between architects or system architects and, and um, engineers slash developer, just because usually it's the engineer, the, the architects who are making the technology choice and not so much the developers. Well, to be honest though, here it actually depends on each company and their specifics, but usually it's not the developers who decide whatever framework and architect ar architecture gets implemented and, and what technology stack gets, uh, gets used. Um, that, that being said, I do want to point out the fact that um, in, in most cases, developers have to deal with a lot of bugs in a very short time, time span. And that in particular is very, very stressful, especially if you're dealing with bugs, which are not necessarily so, um, how, how could I put this? Um, so, so forthcoming and so obvious. They are more likely due to platform uh, issues in combination with the tech stack that you're using that creates some sort of incompatibility. And I'm sure developers know exactly what I'm talking about because that's, um, that's uh, one of the biggest reasons for frustration whenever you're creating a new project. Uh, case in point being, for example, CocoaPods, which is, as, as far as I know, a, a huge problem for a lot of people who are starting out to do um, to do uh, iOS development and especially those who have to take up iOS development on older projects which have a lot of legacy code that still relies sort of on, on, on CocoaPods and especially on, on C++, uh, C++ or Objective-C um, uh, legacy code that has been not that hasn't been ported to, to Swift or is not able to be ported to Swift. Um, another thing that could probably help you as designers to, to better interact with developers is try to understand that they are people too. They are, they are not godlike, they are not robots, they are people like us and they have families, they have, um, they, have, they have a need for free time as well, even though if they're passionate about whatever they are doing and, and you see them as sort of like these geeks, um, they are people like us and they are really cool people to be honest. They know a lot of stuff about a lot of things and they deserve absolutely every bit of respect for being the foundation that sort of built the 21st century in a lot of ways, if you want to. Um, th that being said, I think in equal parts, designers deserve the same amount of respect that developers do in absolutely every project. And I think this mentality of design being secondhand or associating the concept of design with visual art is, is something which is fundamentally broken because design is, is just sort of uh, a branch off the, the, visual, the visual side of, of things. It's not necessarily only the visual side of things and it actually depends on what type of design we're talking about but we already mentioned this topic whenever when I spoke uh, last episode about the, the difference between several types of designers. So I guess that should sort of have cleared that point up by now. Uh, if not, I, I'll just link up the, the last episode in, in, uh, the in the description of this one and you can check it out if you want to, if you're a developer and you need some help with, uh, with that part. Okay, um, that being said, 
I think that in a lot of ways this sort of war that has always existed between designers and developers and I'm saying war with uh, air quotes just because it's not really a war it's basically a huge misunderstanding that has been evolving into mistrust in, in some situations and uh, like in, into this meme thing that that goes around the web for uh, for quite some time about designers being uh, um, around in their world and developers in there it's actually not true to be honest um, there's a lot of people in UX design that have transitioned over from development just because for some of them it felt like the easier thing to do just because they had some basic knowledge of, of design having done uh, front-end work and, and UX just came sort of na naturally to them and they transitioned um, in, into this role per se. Um, by the way, Paul, if you're hearing this, ciao, salutes, whatever you are. <laughs> you know who I'm, who, you, you know who you are and where you are right now. Um, all, all the best to you, by the way. Um, and that's, that's what I wanted to mention, like, uh, the, we don't have to be this these perfect boxes to, to be able to interact with each other so uh, me as me as a as a base I'm a, I'm a person that actually finished languages uh, foreign languages then went off to do uh, one year of economics flunked that year and then I went to do actual design just because I didn't feel comfortable with doing economics so my background is not necessarily uh, one hundred percent purebred designer, or I don't have any art uh, bone in my body, if you will. And I, I think, from from that point of view, uh, we shouldn't necessarily judge people just based on their backgrounds. Which we should just take them at face value, if you will. Uh, obviously, f um, your your choices and your career paths have have some sort of influence over your experience and whatever you are doing which is absolutely clear but that doesn't mean that we should we, we should necessarily judge people or or people's qualities at work based on on that alone i mean there's there's work always and you can judge people by what they do not necessarily by what they have done or or who they are um in in that respect i think uh, it's always better to to actually see, I know firsthand, whatever a person is doing, and and in, uh, what what I mean by that is, for example, if you're trying to hire a, a UI designer, just talk to him, see whatever he he says, uh, see if he's passionate about whatever he's doing, see if he knows his stuff, having worked on other projects, see what I, what type of of project that was. And try to gauge him from that perspective rather than looking at his his ui portfolio and saying oh this is this is amazing just because it's some some optimized version of whatever he was doing before and he put it into his portfolio thinking this is going to impress someone the, i think we we should probably stop at some point trying to impress each other with 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 all sorts of of cocky things and just um, think think about what exactly it is that needs to be done and be more practical about it rather than so so theoretical in a way okay that that being sort of a tangent i went off i, I just want to come back to to the topic at hand which is designers and and developers 
and um, reinforcing about um, on, on what I just said earlier uh, I want to point out that that the best types of collaboration between designers and de developers come from mutual respect that this is the absolute baseline I think that comes in all communications uh, with all types of people in all areas of life um, it's it's just one of those basic things that when you think about it needs to to happen whenever the whenever two people or more people communicate with each other um, there should be this understanding that right now it's not about you it's not about me it's about the problem that both of us need to be solving it shouldn't be about uh, I'm better than you it shouldn't be about I am more right than you for this job it should be about let's fix this problem together if if i have something which is valuable to you in terms of a potential solution let's see if we can both discuss it let's see if we can find a good way to solve this if something seems off for a developer uh and and you as a developer please don't don't tell someone he's stupid he's idiotic for asking that question we we sometimes as designers don't necessarily understand uh, the, the the whole thing 100% but if we're asking questions it's because we just want to understand the the problem you're having because we're trying to help you at the same time um you you as designers don't come off uh from from a very high horse and treat developers like if if they like, like if they wouldn't understand whatever you guys are trying to explain to them they are quite smart and some of them even know a little bit about design I've worked with a lot of people who who, who knew about design so they weren't experts about it obviously because they weren't focused on that they were just developers but they knew quite enough to be able to tell if something felt off or not and I was always I know confident enough to ask their opinion about it even though um asking for an opinion doesn't necessarily mean that after that after that you actually have to implement whatever that 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 uh, opinion was you i mean one thing i think a lot of people confuse whenever there's going wh whenever there's discussions is the fact that whenever someone asks an opinion it's not um sort of set in stone that that the other people who are asking for that opinion need to also necessarily make it happen or make it true it's just uh I, i'm trying to ping pong ideas with someone and if someone get, gives me a, a good a good idea that i want to jot down fine but i'm not making any promises that that thing gets implemented exactly like it came out F the same can be said from 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 a designer's perspective or a developer's perspective so if me as a designer come out and say oh uh, dude i have this and this and, and this idea about how to fix your problem or how to move forward with uh, our problem in this case what do you think and he said like okay i think it's a good idea but i'm not sure if we can implement it right now that's just fine i mean from my perspective that's a win why because i offered you a solution i i tried to help you fix your problem you understood that I'm trying to fix your problem and you didn't come out strong to me and and were were okay with that with with me trying to be helpful and right that moment we tried to sort of build a bridge to to build upon it and and communicate better in the future that's what 
what sh you guys should be aiming for in terms of how to communicate inside the developer or, or with developers. And, and again, like I said earlier, try to leave egos outside of these discussions. Just try to focus on the problem, not necessarily on who's there or whenever you are or you feel like the discussion is heading towards that area either as a developer or as a designer try and try and take a breather or at least take a break even if it's two three minutes go to the toilet think about it and and just don't 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 start attacking each other that's the main thing here and and the main goal is to not attack each other for the proposed solutions nothing stupid nothing is idiotic if if something is not okay in terms of a solution please explain it the the point here is to communicate and find whatever works the best and that means even if you have to discuss more than one solution do it do it like find the best solution that you you guys need to find try to help each other out not not strip each other down or or tear each other up don't do it just like work together and find the best solution together not not separately because that's why you are working on the same project you're trying to solve the same problem together the and and the keyword here being together not separately um and, and this is one thing that i've noticed mm, happening in a lot of companies um most of the companies that i've that, that i've worked with are were really good at trying to communicate vision and strategy and and um sort of future portfolio goals for the company which meant that we as as employees would also benefit from that in the sense that we were primed to 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 know whatever we should be doing further down the road we we, we were primed to know whatever obstacles we were going to face in terms of i don't know building a new product coming up with a new strategy, coming up with a new, I don't know, feature, for example, and what challenges that that could bring. And the, the, the exciting part was never, I don't know, um, um, finding, a, uh, finding the perfect solution, but finding a good solution that sort of made everyone at least have at least content, if not happy. And that would also deliver a, a high amount of quality that would not besmirch us as a team and would not besmirch the company itself um, I think this this is one of the biggest reasons why most most uh, most teams fail is because the goals they have are not aligned with the company's goals and vice versa the company goals usually are are not communicated by by all by everyone and this is just one of those situations where if, if people are just not aligned with the vision and and don't know about stuff uh things are going d down in chaos just because some person heard something from someone they're just spreading some rumors and that rumor might not necessarily be true and then you have to stop that rumor and so on and so forth um it's not really healthy to be honest i think it's much more practical to communicate um, strategy and intention beforehand and and showing people periodically at least what the company is actually doing both financially both um, strategically speaking and both in terms of what they see uh, as a vision for the future 
I think those things are really, really important for for uh, for all the teams that are working inside that company. Um, having said that, I think one of the biggest uh, biggest positive changes inside any type of team uh, that has mixed designers and developers in itself is is trust. Um, I think trust is one of the key ingredients into building a, a good team that meshes well together and the more you trust the, the, the developer you are working with as a designer or you uh, trust the designer you are working with as a developer, the more you guys are going to, to um, get better results. And, and trust is really powerful because as, as, uh, <laughs> as, uh, as someone quite recently said, uh it's 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 easier to give trust and take it away when someone fails you rather than just have people earn your trust because in in some form um who are you as a person to to have to to make other people have to um have to earn your trust we're 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 not important even though we're important at the same time i'm not sure if that sort of makes sense because it's it's one of paradoxical situation but it's 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 true if you think about it we matter for ourselves but we in, we don't matter in a universal term or even in a in a team uh, scenario and i think what matters in a team scenario is that everybody gets the same amount of attention that everybody uh, earns the same amount of respect and honesty from from each other so that they can work work together on whatever they have to be doing and in 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 a lot of ways um i've seen this happen in in two of the teams that i've worked with um the the, the current one that i'm working with i i i see a lot of honesty going around and a lot of trust being exchanged on a very very uh, frequent basis and I think it's really amazing. And and the the last one was the the one I've worked in previously when I was still at working at Frontier Silicon, uh, 2016, I believe. And that's where a lot of the, the main the main thing that happened when I got hired there was that people told me upfront during the interview that they trust me. They they trust me for. Uh, for to, to do a good job and they actually not even tested me as or, or given me a design challenge when I got hired I just did three interviews I, I did one interview with the with the hiring managers to see who I was what I what my objectives are and so on and so forth the second one didn't actually happen or actually was sort of a smaller interview uh, with one of the managers I think around my design skills but it was more, more more theoretical and talking about my past experiences and so on and the last one was with the team and this last interview with the team was always for for frontier silicon the make or break whenever they hired someone and that i think looking back was the whole genius of the idea why well, it's simple because if you're going to work together with other people, you need to be able to tell if those people are going to work well with each other. And during that sort of lunch, what happened was that we just got together and 
people started asking you questions, who you are, what your passions are, and just like getting friendly with each other, not necessarily to, to probe you and prod you, but to actually find out who and what type of person you are. And, and if, if they could work with you and, and see how you react to, to questions, if you're jovial, if you're the type of introvert, if what I mean, I mean trying to, to understand you as a person. And I, I look back, back at that, those times and I, I, I remember them fondly because those were some of the most awesome times in, I've had in my career. Um, in, in terms of hiring experience, they they were the best, to be honest. I've never had such an amazing hiring experience as I had with Frontier Silicon back when I when I joined them. Um, I think it was 2013. Yeah. Um, I, I remember most all of the details, so it was quite a memorable memorable experience, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed. it. So I, I highly recommend if you are able to to include um, team based uh, interviews in, into your process of recruitment for for designers or developers or actually all types of people, um, they, they would work wonders for you, for your organization, for your team. And it would make sure that the team um, works well together and it's it's not going to destroy itself and, and tear itself apart due to infighting and th this is another topic that i will probably have to address further down the road um regarding infighting and especially regarding proper trainings that 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 add a lot of value to your organization in terms of communication and and team meshing if you will having said that i would like to thank you so so much for listening to the whole episode if you reached this far i'm really proud of you <laughs> uh thanks a lot uh thanks a lot for all of you who are who are actively listening into my podcast and um, bringing up those those views if you will i i enjoyed the audience and i enjoyed talking to all of you uh, please subscribe if you haven't done so if you feel like you you get some value out of this podcast and maybe share it with your friends add it to your linkedin page uh, share it with some some facebook friends whatever you guys like or if you obviously if you feel like it and uh, please comment if you want to to talk to me or if you'd like to me to to do some special q and a um i would be more than happy to do that or an ama uh, I'd, I'd be more than happy to host a live session um, if you guys want to do that. Uh, so please let me know in, in, in the comments section and um, I hope you have an amazing evening. I hope you have an amazing rest of the week. Um, I hope you stay safe and healthy and we'll hear each other in the next episode. Have a good one, guys. Bye-bye.